Hello, and welcome to TV Dinner, the podcast where we take three bites out of a show and tell you how it tastes. I'm your host, Kalena. And I'm your other host, Sean. And this week, we are watching The Rookie. Yeah, the should the Nathan Fillion cop comedy about being a rookie policeman and going through training, I guess? Uh, yeah. That's all I've managed the to The whole thing, it. as far as I know, is just like, he's an old guy, that's a rookie. And that's funny, because most of rookies are young guys. Ha ha, starting a new thing when you're old? Ha 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 ha. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> People only start new things in their life when they're young. I, I think. I think the... My assumption is that where they're going to go with it is like, you could do anything at any age is going to be like a, he's, he's a good at it, even though he's a rookie sort of thing. Mm. I think the direction they're going to go is they're going to try to be wholesome about it, even though every other character is like, but you're old though. Uh, I'm looking forward to, I mean, I'm not really looking forward to it. It says he's 40. How old is, Nathan Fillion's got to be older than 40. I don't know. You don't know? I mean... I don't know. Actually. Yeah, Nathan Nathan Fillion's almost fifty. Yeah, he's been a heartthrob for middle aged women for a while. Now. <laughs> um also for some reason when I opened this Wikipedia page, I I saw the name of his character and for some reason I thought that his character was gonna be Nathan Fillion. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Why? I just see Nathan Fillion and I think it's... It, oh, that's Nathan Fillion. How does Nathan Fillion in his 50s feel going into the show and acting as like, Ah, you're so old, you 40-year-old. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Wouldn't that make you feel bad? I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, on one hand, it's like, Ah, oh, but you don't look a day over 40, sir. You have to play a 40-year-old character. No one's going to believe you as a 50-year-old. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um. But yeah, the character's name is John Nolan, which is like <laughs> very strange. Mr. Uh, Mayonnaise, white guy? Yeah, pretty much. Just like the whitest name. While still like trying what? to sound like a protagonist name. Like it feels like very bland <laughs> protagonist. So, something that I found interesting when I uh, googled the show, if you look at the cast, uh, there's two white dudes, one of whom is Nathan Fillion, and everyone else is mm. a POC. So I thought that was neat at least although the white dude is the main character which is kind of how it goes but... i think i think i recognize two of those actors from arrow oh yeah yeah <laughs> particularly that lady melissa o'neill i think she was an arrow but i can't be sure so Surprise. so they're trying to go into in a in a more diverse direction it seems but it's still i haven't heard anything about this show anything good or bad yeah no one's talking about it just i think because it's is probably average, if I were to guess. Mm-hmm. It's definitely flying under people's radars. <laughs> well, so so the like premise is that um, he used to do something else, mm-hmm. but something happened. So that it doesn't say what, but something happened. He had a life-altering incident, and mm-hmm. now he is pursuing his lifelong dream of becoming a cop. Now, okay. First of all, who's whose lifelong dream is it to be? How how do you have a lifelong dream of being a cop and not just be a cop? As far as I know, it's not that hard. B, what do you think his life altering incident is? I it can't be like a oh I wanted to be a football player but then I tore my tendon because then he wouldn't be able to be a cop. Hmm. So I feel like I mean it says he stays in the. T- like he stays in a small town so it's not moving he doesn't move 
Does he just have like a shitty job and then like some like, like he gets hella fired or mugger or something or this like Nathan Fillion, you're gonna die and I'm gonna rob you. I'm gonna mug oh. you. And then a cop, like a hero cop, shows up. And then Nathan's like, I should have been a cop. I forgot about my dream. My oh. job is so boring. <laughs> so yeah, so you're thinking the life-altering incident is more of a uh, mentally life-altering. It's not like something actually happened, but more of like his outlook changed. I was thinking more along the lines of, oh my god, I almost died unfulfilled. No, that's what I mean. Because... I was thinking it was a physical thing that changed, and you think it's a mental thing that changed. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's more likely. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could be I'm way off base. But yeah, so I think they're going to try to go in a wholesome direction with it. I mean, they would have to. I can't imagine that they go through the show and it's like, you can't do it because you're old. Ha ha, that's the, that's the moral. Mm. It's it's definitely going to be like you can start new things and you can pursue your dreams at any age. Yeah, you never know sometimes with these comedies though if they're going to be wholesome or not. If they're going to be, I've watched definitely like a number of shows that are just like, haha, bad stuff happens. Watch bad stuff happen to people. <laughs> Laugh at them. Laugh at bad stuff happening to these people. That's Bojack Horseman. Oh yeah, I guess. <laughs> That's just funnier than but the I don't, stuff this I'm is, talking about. This is a Nathan Fillion ABC drama. It's okay. not going to happen. It's not going to be like that. There's going to be a moral in every episode, and it's going to be trope-tastic. <laughs> um, speaking of, you can watch the first two episodes on the ABC's website for free. Mm-hmm. And you can watch episode 7, 8, and 9 for free for some reason. Um, I think it's I think it's the first two episodes and like the three most recent episodes yeah, you can watch. Yeah, I was watch. about to say that. Um, so a lot of TV websites will do something similar. I'm going to jack my brother's Directv password so we can watch the third episode. Okay, so <laughs> you're at least half following my rule. So, well, I yeah. Anyway, the first two episodes you can watch for free, so that's good. The third episode, well, I mean. You know where to get it. You can get it if you've got, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true, ABC do... or DirecTV now. Because we do Netflix and stuff, which is paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So DirecTV should just slot in and equal to all that stuff. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that we personally don't have it. I just have to get it from someone else. Right, right, right. I gotta remember <laughs> that. Keep that in mind. Yeah. But we could definitely... It's not gonna be hard to find. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna be hard to watch. I don't think so. So, I did it. Accidentally. Yay. Was this on accident? Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I didn't look. You told me the rule after I picked the show, remember? Oh, I forgot. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder how this rule is going to affect like what shows we pick. I, I can't think. Well, there were a few things that we watched that we really liked that we were hard to find. Gargoyles, I think, was one. That's true. Gargoyles so, was not that easy. So we, we might make exceptions for special cases, but mm-hmm. it's definitely going to, like, I think it's going to make it more mainstream, honestly, our, our choices. Yeah, because then we can't really dig into the obscure stuff that's not going to be covered by like a popular yeah. streaming service or something. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes, I guess. Shrugs. <laughs> if we forget to mention where something is can be found. Wink. Oh. <laughs> that's it? That's what you're going to do? <laughs> Wink. Just not say it. I mean, that's... 
more subtly, we've been doing that for every show before this year. Yeah, but most of those were just Netflix. I mean, we never winked. We just actually didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. No, we're gonna make a we're gonna make a concerted effort to make sure everything is because we want people who listen to this podcast and say, "Oh, that's a show I think I'd like." We want them to be able to find it. Yeah, we don't want them going on any wild goose chases. Yeah, so we'll do our best to make things accessible. Yeah, big thumbs up. <laughs> and without further ado, onto the show. Yeah, let's go see if this is any good. <laughs> bon appetit. Yeah, uh, wow. That was a show. It was certainly many things. First of all, I'm going to say that we did find it on Hulu. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah. If, you've, if you've got Hulu, that might be an easier way to find it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, If you don't have Hulu, then you can catch some of the episodes on their website, ABC. Yeah, and then uh, cable, etc. Mm-hmm. But just wanted to reiterate... That you can find this if you don't have cable. Mm-hmm. I was surprised by how serious this show was because, you know. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mom's heartthrob Nathan Fillion is always in shows with a comedic bend to them somewhere. But this yeah. one, this time he's playing it so serious. I, I, that's part of why I don't like it, I think, is that Ooh. they're playing it very seriously. Like, he will make jokes because of, you know, he's fun dad Nathan Fillion. But that's it. Like, the rest of the show doesn't really lend itself to comedy or even, like, lightheartedness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of times in the show uh, where it's like, oh, they should be dead. Uh, especially Nathan Fillion, who he keeps. Mm-hmm. He keeps talking to people with guns on them when they're like, don't talk. Yeah. <laughs> There's a dozen times in where he should have gotten shot. In three episodes. <laughs> uh, uh, first first point is, I thought his life-changing event was going to be a lot more serious than it was. He played it pretty serious. Not like not that, like, possibly becoming a hostage in a bank robbing situation is not serious. But, like, mm-hmm. I... I was I, expecting his divorce to be it. Yeah, but it looks like uh, perhaps the like phrasing of like some sort of like life changing incident uh, was perhaps too dramatic or too misleading. Yeah, because it seems that what the incident actually was was him like essentially like rising to the occasion and being told by someone like, "Wow, that was super brave of you." Yeah, yeah, it's. Yeah, instead of him, like, almost dying at a bank robbery, the life-changing incident was, like, he saved people at a bank robbery, maybe. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I was really expecting it to be different, especially since the first episode opens up on him, like, uh, getting the divorce papers from his wife or whatever. Mm -hmm. Also, he makes a point to say that his son is in college. So, 
I wonder if he hasn't showed up, obviously, in the first three episodes because uh, Nathan Fillion's character moves across the country to do cop stuff for some reason. Yeah, that's definitely the kind of character that they would (laughs) cast in, like, season two. Yeah, I don't know why he couldn't do cop stuff in his hometown. Uh, (laughs) But he went to L.A. to do cop stuff because it's a prettier place to shoot a TV show. Yeah, it's all CSI (laughs) and stuff. Yeah. uh, But yeah, I feel like probably the sun isn't going to show up until... Until they feel like they need a dramatic plot moment for John Nolan, Nathan Fillion's character. Mm-hmm. John but Nolan, also, the like, whitest bread alive. It would be very strange if his college-age son showed up and found Nathan Fillion dating a slightly older than college-age woman. Yeah, that was one of the, like, part of the weird framing of this show is how it just kind of, like it doesn't like dance around it or anything, but it just like completely doesn't acknowledge there being anything like fucked up with their age difference. They, yeah, they basically ignore the age difference altogether. Uh, one of the other characters, um, what, you know, she found out because they're, they're like, Oh, we've been keeping the secret so well, but in every fucking scene they're together in, they're like holding hands. (laughs) Like, I don't think you've been keeping the secret that well. Um, but another character who wants to be detective, so she's particularly good at spotting stuff like that, uh, <laughs> um, is like, hey, you shouldn't date your coworker. That's not going to turn out well for you. He's like a 40-year-old white man, so he's going to do well no matter what. But you're like a young Latina woman. And I feel like they were trying to make a point there. But the point she should have been making is... He is literally twice your age. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if it, because the whole show doesn't care to talk about it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if they were trying to say anything about her character with that or not, because the whole show is like refusing to like acknowledge like the most obvious part of their relationship. Uh, and whether she is ignoring that or not, it reflects on her. But it might mm-hmm. just be the show ignoring it, not her ignoring it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm think. pretty sure it's the show. But what's weird to me is not that like a younger woman would be interested in Nathan Fillion, because I know plenty of people my age who would totally bone down on him. Oh my god. That's weird though. <laughs> the weird part to me is that Nathan Fillion's character, who has a son who is in college, would be interested in a woman that young. I mean I've seen the I've seen the math. I've seen the graphs of like how I've seen the graphs of like oh men and women as they age. What age are are they interested in of the opposite sex and how like men it just it's it hits a wall around twenty or thirty, uh, unlike women who has like a normal scaling of like oh I want someone around my age. With dudes, mm-hmm. there's like this wall in like mathematically this has been this has been studied and like men hit like a wall where it's like. They don't want to, like, date somebody past a certain age. There's, like, a stigma in our society where it's, like, once a woman's past a certain age, it's, like, oh, no man wants her anymore. Yeah, I mean, I guess I just don't get it because I am I don't have that perspective. 
Because from from my perspective, like I look at teenagers and I'm like, that's disgusting, even though they're only uh, they're like less than a decade younger than me. Oh, yeah, that's super creepy. (laughs) Teenagers are like really weird to think about. So I feel like if I was 40, I I couldn't do that big of an age gap because now I can't do that big of an age gap. Yeah, but (sighs) you I just wanted to say something really funny. My grandma said the other day Mm -hmm. she was talking about how um good people look when they're quote unquote cleaned up uh she was talking about tuxedos specifically and she was like oh my grandma's like 80 um she was like oh you know uh you know 20 year old boys don't really look good in suits because they don't really have the confidence for it they're too young for that stuff and she's like uh they kind of like level out around age 45 but really 60 that is the sweet spot for a man in a tux Wow. <laughs> I mean, I know I don't look good in a tux. I've seen myself in one. I, but, but, I mean, if you really want to like, see yeah. the difference between like how women and men view potential partners, that is still 20 years younger than she currently is. Mm-hmm. But she's not looking at 30-year-old men going, oh, yeah, baby. She's <laughs> like, no, no, no. You are not mature enough for me. Yeah, it's just funny looking at, like, the public's perception with, like, 007 and Idris Elba and stuff. Yeah, they're, like, Idris Elba is, he's 40-something. Yeah, but he's just still, like, the most handsome man alive. No, I get it. It it is really weird how, like, all of the most handsome men are 40s and all of the most uh, attractive women are younger, 20s. I know, I know, I know. I just wanted to take a moment to be like, oh, despite our society's sort of like, oh, well, a man is a, a man is allowed to age gracefully, but a woman isn't. I still wanted to take a moment to be like, but to also, be like, Idris Elba, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm allowed. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Uh, another thing I want to talk about was, uh, I guess, cop show versus detective show. Mm. And when I say I like cop shows, I think what I mean is I like detective shows. Yeah, because cops, it's a lot of like, there's something kind of like macho about it. And there's a lot of like, basically like it's the patrol work. Like detective work is like, oh, you have to solve like a specific mystery. And there's sort of like an episode. Yeah, detective work is brought to you as like, this is a thing that happened and you need to figure out why. Mm -hmm. And, And cop work is you going out and finding stuff. Yeah, the the the, the diff- detectives solve problems the police find problems yeah i mean that's the simplest way to put it i know i know just uh making a little observational humor there <laughs> but uh it, it's very strange in this show because they have a lot of uh cop worship i guess uh, I mean, the episodes are, like, pretty fast-paced. They tend to handle, like, a, uh, a, a, like, a decent number of crimes every episode. Instead of just being like, oh, we have this one problem, this one bad guy to handle. Yeah, it is, it is pretty fast-paced to, I guess, well, each of the, each of the characters get at least one plot point per episode, but each of the three main characters also solve or do multiple things per episode. So yeah. that's, like at least six crimes that are happening so it's very fast-paced there's Um, so much crime here no one should live here 
no one shouldn't live here. But I, I just mean specifically on like, so in the uh, third episode, um, Nathan Fillion and his training officer are having the, are people inherently good or inherently bad discussion? Yeah, Isabel. And Nathan Fillion's like, Isabel? No, hold on. Um, Isabel is Tim's wife. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Talia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Uh, I had uh, the name Isabel next to a note about her, so I got them mixed up. My bad. Okay. Yeah, Ta- Talia um, is like, I think people are bad because, you know, if they get the opportunity to do something self-serving, they're going to do it. And Nathan Fillion, and she's got like evidence from the episode and Nathan Fillion is like, I think the opposite is true. And he has no evidence, but because he's the main character, he's probably right. Yeah. It's it, throughout the episode. It seems like what the show is doing is uh, presenting us with the idea that Talia sees more evidence of the latter uh, in her job as a cop, but that uh, it might be, it might be healthier or it might be better for humanity overall is why the show seems to like side with uh nathan's character yeah um and and they at the end of the episode they they do a thing where she turns around on it a little bit without admitting that she might have changed her opinion towards his Mm -hmm. um but they've they have a conversation like that and it never seems to extend to are people as cops also inherently good or bad uh that part of the conversation never happens even though they are talking about humanity as a whole they seem like they're talking as if they're outside it yeah that's a a weird part of the framing of the show is that it's definitely like falls entirely into cop aggrandizement um Mm -hmm. so in a lot of situations like that it will step out of like a step out of like normal like step out of reality basically to to mm-hmm. present cops as these like well-trained and like morally concerned upstanding members of the community who are just trying to protect it. Yeah, and it's just weird to me how the whole episode is like are people good or bad, but they seem like they're talking as if they are not a part of the population they're talking about because they're talking specifically about people they arrest. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but you're talking about humanity as a whole, so maybe you should think about, like, maybe your partner or whatever. By basically, um, what's the word? Dis- by, like, not including cops in the conversation at all, they're basically implying, uh, oh, well, there are cops, so of course they're good, because only a good person would take this job. I, I-, I think they just are specifically avoiding that. Yeah, but the show is presenting all of the cop characters in one way or another, trying to present them sympathetically. Yeah, and it's very strange because in a lot of detective shows, they do have, like, dirty cop, at least episodes. Mm -hmm. But that's because Um, the detective is aggrandized even higher than the cop. Yeah, that's true. And detectives can be just as, as bad. But I mean, like, I think in detective shows, I have seen plots where, like, this other detective has been really weird and we have to investigate him now because we think he's not doing the right thing. And I, they might get there in this show, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really seem like they're going to go with the, 
some cops might be bad angle. Yeah, my main, um, uh, the, like, main evidence pointing to the fact that they're probably never going to try and handle that subject, uh, is, uh, Stepping back for a second, there are two two characters in this that are part of a uh, annoying trope. Uh, one that uh, you're probably familiar with from characters from like many mentor characters like Doctor Cox, and that is the uh, the the mentor who is a pain in your ass, the mentor who harasses you. Um, this is a very macho trope, uh, wherein a a mentor who harasses and gives you a hard time uh, is just doing it because they have because of their ideals about how the world is hard and you need to be toughened up and how they just have your best interests at heart they're just (laughs) testing you somewhere deep down inside they're definitely proud of you and like you in some way i just don't want to talk about this character because he fucking sucks yeah that's why we're talking about the trope and not the sucky character do you think this trope helps or hurts the point i was making Uh, i think that uh it it all runs together with the same, like, glamorized, macho narrative. Uh, the, like, the worst cops that the worst cop that we have in the narrative is only shown, is not even shown to be, like, bad. He, because he's, he's part of this trope that is, like, a, a, a continuing, it's, it's a repeating annoying thing that I see often. Um, the, the really fucking annoying thing is that, because the the this character it's tim um is written to be like a machiavellian like fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm always testing you asshole everything he does that's quote unquote bad he will just say is a test and you you as a watcher do not know if he is good or bad yeah you have this issue with characters like sherlock Hol- uh with like bc's sherlock holmes with dr cox with a lot of these mentor characters is that they are concealed slash implied to be like protected behind they are what the show considers their vast intellect and that uh, mm-hmm. oh everything oh this is all because they don't care about emotions and this is all completely all completely all logic based and it's all going to work out fine in that way even if he gets even if he ruffles your feathers it's all for the best sort of uh and i think that goes along with like the way that the show like portrays cops and this idea that oh well it's all for the best oh this role this job is good yeah it's just weird how they are definitely going to go in a direction with this character where it's like oh he's more sensitive and he actually does care than he seems on the outside but i just he doesn't need to exist <laughs> he <laughs> in the first episode i wrote we don't need this character and every other episode I either didn't write anything about him or I wrote, like, this guy sucks. Definitely, like, they've written a lot of shitty material for them, so I don't want to lay this at the uh, actor's feet. But in all of the scenes where it's like, oh, this is where he is showing, like, his sensitive side, like, I look at him, his character, his actor, and I just see, mm-hmm. like, a brick wall. <laughs> well, you, it's, you know it I mean? is actually... In the first episode, he comes face to... Also, they glossed over this plot point with his because they have a bunch of characters to work with. They glossed over this p- plot point in like 20 seconds, so it really didn't have the emotional impact it needed to have. Yeah. But he comes face to face with, accidentally, with his wife, who he hasn't seen in over a year, who is hooked on some kind of drug. 
Uh, I don't know if they said what it's it was. ABC show. She's just hooked on the drugs. She's hooked on drugs, and she asks him for money, and he he hasn't seen his wife in over over a year. He's like, "Come home, like I miss you." She's like, "Get the fuck out of my life," and he starts like tearing up. He is crying, and she like takes his money and runs away. The whole interaction lasts thirty seconds, mm-hmm. and but the way he flipped the switch from being an asshole cop to almost crying it just like none of it made sense it was very awkward is what it was it was very awkward they glossed over it way too quickly and uh the acting was very like kind of stilted and we just don't need him at all yeah that that was like one of like the most like major speed bumps in them like like, they're, they're trying to do these episodes at, like, a fast pace. They're trying to cover a lot of ground in each episode. I don't know, maybe there's there's something snappy, like, a lot's going on all at once. They're throwing a lot of spaghetti at your TV. Um, <laughs> and, uh... They better clean that the fuck up. There's a couple of places in the show where they just stumble. They can't keep up with the own pace that they've set for themselves. Yeah, and... It is very obvious, even though they have the three main characters, it is very obvious who they care about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They they only care about Nathan Fillion. Yeah. Um, okay, so, out of the two characters we've discussed, uh, Tim sucks. He's terrible and we don't need him as a character. Um, Nathan Fillion's character is okay. He's just okay. He's actually he's more like nothing, but Nathan as like an actor has like some charisma and adds some likability yeah. to this like character who like <laughs> just writing wise doesn't really have anything going for him. He's he's bringing some charm to this role who is just like a his character I believe is supposed to be very bad at these details of cop stuff, but really good at dealing with people. Because in, in every scene where he fucks up a lot, he always brings it back with some sort of emotional maturity that he shows. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, he's old and he knows people or whatever. Yeah. Uh, But other than that, like, his character doesn't really have much to do other than fuck up a lot and talk to people. Yeah. Um. This show's, so he's just okay. Yeah. This show's not trying to give us a narrative where it's like, oh, a, a cop should be emotionally intelligent and like sensitive and like aware of the people that he's yeah both defending and oh, pressing charges oh. against no the show is just like oh this is a cop uh if you want to i i wrote down a quote and this is not a direct quote um but it is basically the gist of one of the scenes in the second episode they were talking about uh i think the captain was saying as a cop, you have to rise above emotion. You have to rise above your own like emotions and deal with the project logic. The you know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to deal with everything logically and be not emotional. Like citizens can be emotional, but you can't. Yeah, he's the other mentor who harasses type character, and it's just naturally presented as like, hey, first day, gonna lay out some ground rules. I hate you, and I'm gonna harass you all the time. The captain is the lady. That guy's like. Whatever's right below Captain, because she... Uh, did I say Captain? I said Captain. Well, I thought he made the same speech. It might. I thought it was the lady that made the speech, but anyway. It's, it's just like, first of all, 
I have never known a cop that has risen above their own emotion, Uh first of all. They're very emotional people. Uh, Second of all, you're making it seem like that's, like, not part of the training. Mm -hmm. Like, putting your emotions aside, as far as I know, is not part of the training. It's not part of whatever. Yeah. It just seemed very, like, more, more, more cop aggrandizing more cop worship and trying to be like look cops are really good people they they put their own emotions aside to help deal with other people's problems Mm -hmm. so i didn't really like that line at all yeah anyway uh um so john nolan he's meh john nolan's training officer talia she's pretty cool yeah she's definitely one uh pretty much my favorite character uh she's the only character in the cast I think that has ambitions. Yeah, she's the only one who has like reasonable reactions and motivations to pretty much everything. Yeah, she wants to become a detective. So she needs to do really well on her job right now, especially training Nolan so she can be promoted. That yeah, I mean she doesn't just want to be a detective. Like she wants to do well at her job too. No, she wants to be like she wants to rise to, like, captain to be, like, chief. She wants to go all the way to the top. I think it was... Yeah, but uh, detective's the next step in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, definitely. She's looking at detective. And John Nolan even uses that a couple of times. It's like, this would look good on you becoming a detective. You should come along on my adventure. Yeah. And and she really knows her shit. Like, whenever Nolan fucks up, she immediately, like, tells him the, the ten things he could have done better. <laughs> yeah, I think that why we like her is because we're fucked. We're fucking stuck, like, dealing with, like, Tim and his awful, like, mentorship that the show is trying to pass off as okay. And then meanwhile, <laughs> right. Ta- like... Talia is is easy mode, Tim is hard mode, and I think the other... I don't know what the other training officer's name is. That's because that duo gets no screen time. But, uh... Yeah. I was just gonna say that, like, because Tim exists and he's so awful, we and because five feet from him, we've got Talia, who does everything a mentor should do. Yeah. <laughs> Which is... Which is not be an asshole, but still make sure that your trainee knows what they're doing. It, it creates an even more like stark gulf between them. That's why she's our favorite. Right. So yeah, so Talia's great. Um, Tim's trainee, Tim is a training officer. His trainee and John Nolan's secret girlfriend, whose name is Lucy. And she is, I think, also okay. Um. Yeah, I just feel like... The show makes her forgive and accept Tim for no real reason and be interested in Isabel and their angst, uh, which really um, saddles her with uh, a lot of crap. uh, Yeah. That makes it more difficult. Uh, It makes it hard to enjoy her sections when she's constantly having to when her sections are more about Tim than they are about her. Yeah. Um, they play her out to be the very eager rookie, um, more so than the third rookie Jackson. She's very, um, really gung ho about the job and she wants to do a very good job. Like she wants to do well and be a good person. But, uh, Tim is throwing curveballs at her <laughs> fucking, every episode yeah in the very first episode he's like 
He turns off her body cam and is like, was I being a real racist or was that also a test? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the fact that you turned off my body cam makes me think it was your do you just being a racist. But she was just like, okay, I'm being tested and I should deal with cops being shitty people instead of like reporting them to my supervisor. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was him who like when we were like introduced to like west like west was like in like the locker room that he like tries to like approach yeah and like um harass T- tim goes up to jackson west who is um the third rookie uh he's a young black man and tim is a an older white man mm-hmm. uh well i just i thought that's what made the scene play particularly weird yeah because of <laughs> because The show almost acts as if, like, it's ignorant of that fact, but it just, like, ignores the, like, implications of having him, of, like, having that harassment almost happen. So, so, so Tim, like, specifically goes up to Jackson and is, like, harassing him and being, like, hey, rookie, like, and they're, they're very clear on making it he's a rookie thing and not he's a black guy thing. But he's like, hey, rookie, like, you're going to suck at this job, blah, blah, blah. And then the kid's like, um, actually, I've been training for this job my whole life. And my dad's the a big guy in this department or whatever the fuck makes Tim back off. He was the commander of internal affairs. Yes. <laughs> Which specifically makes him like a no bully target. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't it, though? Yes. If internal <laughs> internal affairs would be like, hey, Tim, stop being fucking racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Jackson West does not get a lot of screen time, and his stories nope. often don't have a lot of, like, carrying on into the next episode. They don't have a lot of, like, they don't seem to have, like, a lot of impact. The show doesn't seem to, like, care if you remember what his plotline was last episode, uh, and they don't invest a lot of time in the individual episodes into paying attention to him. Uh, I, um, I do think I like Jackson better than Lucy, though, as a character. Well, yeah, because Lucy is saddled with a lot of crap and having to act like a certain way. Uh, yeah, she she really doesn't benefit from what I assume is uh, male writers forcing her to uh, date Nathan Fillion and be harassed by this other white guy. <laughs> Yeah, I'm mostly mostly <laughs> the biggest like struggle with her character is the fact that her only two plot lines is her like aggro male training officer and her secret late relationship with the other with the like male main character. Yeah. Like, but I mean, uh, Jackson doesn't really have plot lines, but he is his like kind of deal is that. Uh, as I said, he's he's wanting always wanted to be a cop because his dad is a really important cop dude, mm-hmm. uh, and he's kind of got the the bright eyed youngster thing going on, but also he like has a lot more to learn than he thought he would. Yeah, um, so he's at least got some interesting stuff going on, especially in the was it the third episode the third episode where everyone was making fun of him for. Not having a plan B. Yeah, if this if being a cop like doesn't like work out, I I appreciated mm-hmm. the way that one ended. It surprised me a little. Um, uh, although it's like oh, I need a, I don't need a plan B, but I do need a hobby. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's when funny. I 
I did write down that they specifically made this character one dimensional, huh? Uh, but um, I think what it is to like, I think the what I was trying to vocalize earlier, and what is a a big like hindrance. What is a what is like the big comparison point is that uh, Jackson West's plot lines are about him, even if they're not. Even if like you can feel as you like watch his scenes. Uh, like the show that they're not important yeah like the show isn't caring about them enough they, at least they're about him whereas when you're watching lucy chen's storylines the storylines are not about her they're about tim and nolan yeah yeah i get that and that's probably what makes her what makes her so meh so even when the camera is on her she's not the one in focus and that's why mm-hmm it's that's why her storyline is for many reasons that's one of the, that's why her storyline is so disappointing yeah um yeah we don't really know uh we get a little bit of her backstory because tim is being weird at her but he never lets her finish um at least that i remember mm-hmm. but we don't really know what she wants to get out of this we know nolan is like trying to He's doing some midlife crisis thing, and Jackson is, you know, trying to follow in his dad's footsteps, but we don't know what Lucy wants. They, like, only, like, briefly, like, touched on it. They occasionally bring it up, and it's like, but it's like, it's a very, like, it's very shallow what they've written, where it's like, ah, you're a cop to piss off your psychologist parents. Yeah, something weird. It's like, she's not a teenager going through a phase. Right. She went through fucking, like, she went through the the, the police school. Yeah, they skimmed over police school, but they did do that. We've got motivations for Nolan and Jackson. We've got motivations for Talia and Tim. Um, Lucy's motivations are like, I think they're there, but they haven't been explained yet. And then Jackson's training officer is also kind of a nothing character. She's kind of a hard ass. But, like, she is also trying to do her job, but we don't know what drives her. Mm -hmm. Like, if we know, if we have to know so much about Tim's fucking wife and his masculine bullshit, why don't I get to know anything about Angela and what Angela wants to do in the future? (sighs) Yeah, I don't know. Like, we spend so much time on Tim that I hate. In the first episode, Tim gets shot. And I said to you, I said, I will give the show a savory rating if Tim dies right now. Yeah, but, um. <laughs> I knew he wasn't going to, but, like, come on. Mm-hmm. I would have kept, I would have kept my end of the bargain there. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But, yeah, I feel like they could cut out Tim's character and Jackson's character and just pair up Lucy with Angela <laughs> and only have, like, four main people so then they would have less to cram in every episode. Yeah. They would have fewer people to spend nonsense time on. They'd have room to breathe. Yeah, like, I, the fact that two of the six main characters really have nothing to do, Jackson and Angela don't really have anything to do, but, like, I f- actively hate Tim, so I would want him to be the one cut out. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, you guys gave yourself too many things to do here. Yeah, but, I mean, ABC doesn't have, like, the best record of putting out 
uh, a lot of quality entertainment. I feel like they've put out some good stuff, but I can't think of it right off the top of my head. I definitely can't. Um, so, uh, I'm ready to give it a rating. Okay, go for it, because I'm not. I need to hear yours first. Uh, I think uh, when I give this a sour rating, because I can see underneath uh, this meal, uh, I can see the ingredients for a better show, and I can I can even enjoy parts of this when we were watching it, but uh, it would need to be like seriously like rearranged for me to make this a staple of my TV watching diet. <laughs> I. See, the reason I'm I'm hesitating is because I'm even, I'm between sour and bitter, honestly. Because mm-hmm. it's just like, a few good characters does not a good show make. Yeah, but that's why I'm putting it in the, it's a disappointment. Because I can see something rather than nothing in the show. I, what do you see in it? Well, you just said that there's some parts that we like. There okay, are, there are some parts that I liked in Big Mouth and I gave that a bitter. <laughs> Well, there were no parts in Big Mouth that I liked. I don't know. I just feel like the show is very strange. Mm-hmm. They 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 don't really think about the realities of how they're depicting um this little cop unit. What are they called? Department. Um <laughs> Yeah. And and they have too many characters and every episode has way too many things happen and I just don't like I don't see the show going in a fun direction. I would actually be kind of interested in seeing and watching the last episode of this season <laughs> to see like where does it go? I want Lucy I want Lucy and Nolan to break up by the end of the season at least. You you want to you want to do like a little like a can I confirm uh my suspicions? Can I uh uh you, you want to do like a little scientific oh I have my hypotheses but is it is it proven? It, are are these writers going to disappoint me? <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean the show they would disappoint me, but yeah. So this show's uh, first season, uh, which started yeah, it's not over yet. I think the first season's going to be over in like February or March. Yeah, it started in October last year, and uh, there's two more episodes left to air on February fifth and February twelfth. So if you wanted okay. to on February twelfth, you could watch the finale. Uh, Feb- the 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 second to last episode lists the writer as Daniel Radcliffe. Interesting. Which I'll have to. Maybe a different Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, I'll have to check and see if it's just someone else with the same name. <laughs> um. But yeah, that's the show. I thought like because Nathan Fillion was really fun in Castle, that the show was would be fun, and it's not. <laughs> It just is kind of like, it's either boring or it's annoying. Oh, yeah. Well, all those shows like Castle, Psych, Monk, I've watched enough of them that I'm I'm sick. And if the show was like those, then I probably would have been exhausted really early on. So maybe that's why I'm giving it a sour and not a bitter. I, I was trying to say the difference between like cop shows and detective shows is those have like a specific formula that works. Mm-hmm. And... They don't have a formula for this, and it's not working. <laughs> but yeah, I can see giving this a um, uh, and a bitter. I can agree with that. I mean, I'm cool with sour. I just like, I was very disappointed by this show. Um, uh, my brain was just filling in blanks. It was David Radcliffe, not Daniel Radcliffe. 
Okay. <laughs> Good job. Just to, like, put that to bed before it goes anywhere. All right. Well, have you thought about what we're going to watch next week? Uh-huh. Now, I, I couldn't decide between two shows. Um, so I was wondering if I could ask you uh, to uh, pick between uh, some between if you wanted to watch uh, an animated show or a live action one. Mm. Uh, let's go live action. Okay. Um, in that case, uh, let's fire up Netflix uh, and watch the first three episodes of a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> That's, I don't know what I expected, but, but it was not, not that. that. <laughs> I don't know what you were expecting either, but it sounds like uh, I surprised you. You did. I just, I read the first book and that's the only one I read. <laughs> And I saw the movie, mm-hmm. and it was just like, okay. And then the I, show came out, and a bunch of people had mixed feelings on it. So I don't know that much about the series in general. I love the series, and the Netflix show recently ended. Okay. And uh, I want to show it to you. Cool. I'm excited. Neil Patrick Harris is in it, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, Just to, like, say it again. I love this series. Uh, should I be worried? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Just the reiteration made me think that that uh, you're one of those fans who gets mad when everything is not exactly like the book. No. Just no. <laughs> I try not no. to be one of those fans. <laughs> if anything, I'm interested from what I've heard. Uh, I'm interested in seeing how they have changed it and uh, how I might like those changes. Yeah. I've got my food quote. It's uh, Julia Child, a famous food person. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they're called, right? Food people? Uh, Yeah, food person. (laughs) Uh, She said, no one is born a great cook. One learns by doing. Bye. For a second there, I was like, is that the quote from Ratatouille? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>